Yellow, yellow, yellow. After the first part going as a bumper bonanza hit, we are here with the second part of the species with Amnesia. I am your favorite host, Being Brute. And with me, unfortunately, is... Bogus The excitement across half the globe has come down by eight points just with that introduction. How are you, Bogus? Thank you, thank you. I'm doing good, Brute. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Wow, that's amazing. It's not like we're just building up this fake uh, excitement just to uh, get in the, make it sound a little peppy or anything like that. Yeah, right? I know. I mean, this is like how it goes, man. We are naturally like this. I mean, you wake me up in the middle of the night. This is how you hear me talk. Right. It's not like we were just working in the mines from, for the past 18 hours, breaking our backs with soot up our nostrils. But we're just pretending like everything yeah, is right. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Hey, 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 hey. Let me tell you something, Bogus. What's that, my friend? Just follow mm-hmm. on Twitter. Where? Where can I follow? At Thigh Gap. Hold your horses. That's not just it. But is that is that the only place? Like No, 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 no. Uh-huh. You can also follow us on Instagram. Inst- that's my favorite social media. Exactly. Network, and I just know that. Yeah. Hence, you can wow. just search for at underscore Thigh Gap. Uh-huh. But having said that, okay. can I avoid your dark past? You can Even try. before you think, the answer is no. I can't avoid. Oh, no. So, therefore, mm-hmm. you can also catch, catch me on Facebook. Oh. At Thigh Gap it is. Wow, that's almost like the dark web nowadays. nowadays. Exactly. Like, nobody goes there. It's yeah. too dark. It's actually how the whole season of dark uh, was based on. The simple Facebook? thing is on Yeah, all they do technically is they go back to their Facebook profiles. Which is not even a, one of our parcels yet, strangely. I, but it's because I think a up. lot of people know it already. I don't think it needs a special mention. Our mm-hmm. special mentions are always about stuff where people might not know about it, but they're special. But I do have some things to say about that show that not many people are saying. Critically, you know. Yeah, and nobody cares also. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to share. I feel good having learned all those um, social handles. Yeah. You know. You should. You should. For all the fake excitement, we should. Yeah. I think we should. Yeah, we should. So we were talking about all these connecting points, right? The patterns that we get to see. One we discussed was the amount of pyramid structures that crept up or that popped up or are still popping up all across the earth, across different continents. Then there is the commonality of the body of water that seems to be somewhere nearby for some reason. Um, And that could be in a sense of energy absorption, like we said, or male-female balance of energy. Or it could also be a little more esoteric kind of interpretation, which is <laughs> let it flow, let it flow. Okay. Just let yeah, it go. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just make up some meaning for just, that. Just yeah, just use big words. That's yeah. it. Okay. Uh, esoteric in- interpretations, which is there is this belief that has it's a very old belief. It, you know, they say as above, so below. Have you oh, heard of that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is a deep significance to that. So, and we'll get to that as well. But my interpretation is that water is used because it reflects, right? So basically, if you have moon in the sky, but if you have a water body, you can see the moon in the body of water. So you could say in a way that 
you've brought it down to earth in a way by just having a reflection with you or you've connected if i get that you're getting that yeah right? you're basically saying that you create an image mm-hmm. of what's above right below yeah but how i look at the necessity of water around these monumental structures mm-hmm. and because we touched upon the point that uh, maybe these structures are some kind of instruments right. to harness energy yeah what you also have to remember is water is a fantastic conductor that's true so maybe just maybe mm-hmm. water is the way they trans transferred or mm-hmm. transmitted mm-hmm. whatever energy they were harnessing mm i'm kind of doubting that hypothesis because there doesn't seem to be a controlled way of doing it dude these guys are harnessing energy out of nowhere yeah you think they would not have figured out how to like like they would have not have figured out the next step no i find and, it and these guys are super smart engineers right yeah so so yeah we don't understand it right now mm-hmm. but if we delve into it maybe start figuring out because see today's batteries mm-hmm. for example right a lot of the batteries are fuel uh, fluid based batteries right in fact the first battery which was invented mm-hmm. was with those alkaline solutions where they create one charge transfer it through you know whatever rod and then go it to the another well, and the, make it the plus and minus and all that the oldest uh, battery that we ever found was in iraq uh, it's called the baghdad battery you know have you heard of that so ah. it was like an earthen pot yeah yeah with yeah with rods yeah, yeah. going inside yeah, it. yeah 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 that yeah. was the oldest one that we yeah, ever so, found yeah so so you know like exploit that to a bigger size mm-hmm. and maybe if you are looking at these structures mm-hmm. by the plain naked eye right the image that we see you can only imagine the amount of water you need right right so maybe they were using these rivers or lakes or whatever mm-hmm. as the conductors as the energy conductors and that is how they were transferring it to other parts or to people people were able to use it for i mean they might have been so the thing is we don't know what they are harnessing what kind of energy they are harnessing mm-hmm. So if that was an energy which was Let's go with electromagnetic because that's what is there underneath. Fair enough. So imagine that is being consumed mm-hmm. by the citizens right of that civilization for being a better efficient performer or mm-hmm. an efficient individual mm-hmm. right then what is the best way to consume it? I don't know maybe we absorb it because we ourselves can also conduct. We have our own magnetic fields yeah. right and so i can see it's a hypothesis right so it is i mean we are i'm giving it a wild shot like why do you need water mm-hmm. or like if i have to connect the dots then i'm also looking at the possibility that can water be the source or or uh, the instrument mm-hmm. to transfer or the transmit this energy i'm more sold on the concept of using water as a counterbalance because not for uh, there not in not every case of these ancient structures you have a flowing uh, what a body of water sometimes <laughs> you just have a pond or a lake or sometimes an artificially made like water body as well just beside what the if structure. what if this huge instruments were water purifiers like what <laughs> if they're like just big aqua guards no, no, <laughs> like, sure like the water the unpurified water <clears throat> goes through the foots of the pyramids and then right. they start using the other side of the pyramids they use the water for 
farming and their cooking food and all right, that right right what if that is the case <laughs> yeah no i find because because you know the natural theory mm-hmm. right if mm-hmm. if you look at the groundwater why yeah. it is drinkable is because it goes through so many layers of stone that by the time it goes to that underwater it bed it gets purified yeah so they just <laughs> what is below became what is up right they just like figured out this this particular process and like hey you know what water is really essential for us to live mm-hmm. and water is an integral part to build a civilization because it has so many multiple purposes mm-hmm. so let's create let's build a purifier uh-huh. which also like it has like a two in one purpose okay it will give you clean water mm-hmm. and it will also light your bulb take that right that's like the best pitch ever <laughs> i can make out that you're kidding but i'm personally more sold on the counterbalance idea because i have a theory for what are what are we who's absorbing whatever is being harvested because these ancient structures or sites when you go to them experience wise itself you can figure out that the vibe around the place is very different you know some places that are very old when you go there right hmm. the vibe the uh, atmosphere around the place it seems more serene it seems more calm it seems that when you go to those places and you come back right? can you say that these places have a more pure atmosphere i don't know if it is pure or if it is more potent or what it is but it seems to be using some properties and that's basically why they were built at that location because they were trying to channel something uh the ley lines or something whatever you know i the more you the more you tell about this concept of you know uh channeling ley lines mm-hmm. the electromagnetic mm-hmm. you know potency the more i'm thinking that it is these are basically distribution channels right right i mean the even if you look at the structure of a pyramid mm-hmm. and you know the whole north south east west kind of position and everything yeah it looks like it kind of harnesses the whole electromagnetic energy and then dissipates it in all directions so that and the bigger the monument or the bigger the structure mm-hmm. the bigger the radius of dissip- dissipation right okay. so anything that comes within that field gets like sees the benefit of that energy right right so it's just like maybe it is just like a mine mm-hmm. where you dig the gold ore and then you kind of purify it and make it usable similarly these these structures are mining that energy and then making it usable and they figured it out how to do that yeah maybe that is that is another take yeah and what i was trying to get at is when we as people visit those places probably we are going away with those vibrations like for a while yeah you you take it in. yeah you take it and you absorb that yeah. and now you're conducting it for yeah. a while at least before it because, dissipates because because we are we are we are uh, you know we are entities which use energy yeah so there will be a shelf life to even that and we are also energy yeah we are also energy correct yeah. correct so coming back to the connections or the other patterns there is this whole legend of atlantis you know the famed uh peak the pinnacle of the civilization pinnacle of civilization where they had how is it pronounced pinnacle or is it pinnacle pinnacle would you why did you say pinnacle of civilization i never said pinnacle you just said i pinnacle. said the peak oh okay yeah so the pinnacle of 
every civilization yeah said to be the most advanced in any way shape or form right. that you could think of this mythical land of atlantis we only have our only reference to that land is plato yeah from greece the the famed philosopher, author philosopher and the mathematician yeah all of that the multi the jack of all trades yeah plato of the cave theory yeah now plato also got the reference of uh, atlantis from his grandfather grandfather sorison or something no no his name was uh, i think protagoras no not pythagoras not Pro- pythagoras protagoras is another guy so he talks about i i know what you're talking about oh no i think his uh, he talks about his grandfather whose name starts with s solon is solon one solon yeah. yeah so he says that uh, 800 years before solon's time or 8000 years before solon's exactly. time and solon was his great 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 grandfather or something yeah who himself was a visionary of sorts yeah yeah and they say that solon got to know about the existence of atlantis no he went he traveled to egypt actually yeah so he got to know about the existence of atlantis uh, atlantis atlantis mm-hmm. when he traveled to egypt yeah and there he heard the stories of atlantis yeah and there he also got to know the exact coordinates or the location mm-hmm. of where this famed atlantis was yeah and in when he got to know the stories he he was told that this city existed 8000 years ago yeah and what we see in egypt today is all what was there mm-hmm. or whatever the survivors have traveled down to egypt and right. they, they were the first civilization yeah and that story went to plato mm-hmm. and plato then traveled to egypt uh, to verify the story and Just he I'm got sure. yeah so apparently plato traveled to egypt after he got to know about this mm-hmm. and in his journals he wrote that because he didn't know the exact time or whatever mm-hmm. so he wrote that it was 8000 years before the uh, time of solon so of uh, the time of solon because solon opened up a lot of doors for the people of greece with respect to the other parts of the world yeah i mean when solon that's why tra- solon's credibility comes from yeah when solon traveled to egypt he was told that story of atlantis by the head priests of one of the oldest temples yeah. in egypt at the in time egypt, right. i don't know if it was the temple of the sun or whatever it was called apollo but apollo 247 that was the name of the temple <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> so he was told that story and that's where we get the story of atlantis from yeah. our yeah. only link to that is plato right now atlantis in itself the legend of atlantis is it was a land surrounded in, on all four sides by water right true and basically you can also call it as an island yeah and it was fertile through the year the position of atlantis was such that it enjoyed great benefits from nature the climatic conditions yeah the climatic conditions yeah. and they advanced very quickly in all fields of life right and they advanced to a point where the legend goes that they were getting close to the gods and that's when the gods decided and also they were losing their way because they advanced so much right the gods i'm making air quotes on an audio podcast my apologies <laughs> <laughs> dear listeners but force of habit yeah the the gods uh, deemed that the people had lost their way their technological advancements went to their head and they basically moved away from the purpose of the actual purpose of life or whatever it was supposed to be and they wanted to punish them for their transgressions hmm. they would have done something they would have taken it too far across the line you know with some of their technology which might have caused this reaction 
and they were punished by this great flood right which completely sank atlantis yeah and the timeline for that flood 11500 11500 years. years i know yep but also there's another thing about atlantis mm-hmm. where why they flourished was apart from the whole you know the natural um you know the natural climatic conditions mm-hmm. supporting their flourish mm-hmm. flourishment is that a word let's know. go with it yeah mm-hmm. so they there is also a saying that there were these seven magicians who came on a boat yes who trained them no no or or who guided them something of that sort the legend is they survived from atlantis they escaped they escaped or so they escaped okay uh, there is another the story that i heard was so mm. these seven magicians helped the atlantean people to build the civilization okay and uh, when it went to the pinnacle when this whole flood came in is and why i am telling this story is I, i'll explain it is one, and once they were hitting the pinnacle of civilization where they were almost like gods on earth mm. they ousted the seven magicians saying that you know what we don't need you types mm-hmm. and they the people i mean the very seven magicians who helped them build the civilization were kicked out okay. in a way okay and uh, these guys didn't argue about it mm-hmm. like they said fine fair enough if you want us to go we leave and they left and soon after the civilization died mm. and these seven magicians traveled to other places mm-hmm. and they keep they these seven guys are reoccurrence again in all these you know age old ancient tribes yeah or my, mythologies yeah. like in the aborigines the native indians even in 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 our hindu or the sanatan dharma yeah. literature the concept of saptarishis who they say are the the foundational principle of civilization right. who decide the rules and regulations of how a civilization has to function right. what are the what is the guide guide book for that so so once these seven magicians left is when they kind of like things started falling apart mm. how fast it fell apart we don't know when they left the civilization we don't know mm. but it happened 11500 years back okay. that's the i so mean that is the story i don't know this is contrary to what i heard because the story i heard is that the seven people were actually survivors from atlantis and once atlantis went down huh. then they went in search of new lands to civilize the other parts of the world and with the knowledge that they got with the knowledge that they had and they were given that mission by someone that mm-hmm. this is what you're supposed to do you're supposed to go to the four corners of the earth yeah and you're supposed to civilize the people educate them mm-hmm. in ethics in law basically how you run us the whole gamut the whole gamut of things right. from ag- agriculture to everything yeah. and that legend seems to answer a question that we've always had which is in the historical record that we have of our past yeah we have a record of cro-magnon people or homo sapiens neanderthals this period of time yeah then but where did language come in how did language come yeah, in when that did that is come a big in? gap right how when did agriculture come in you know when did we go from hunter gatherer to farming. mathematicians right of yeah you farming. know farming agriculture first and then culture and mathematics and science geometry and all of biggest that biggest turn i feel is architecture. architecture when did we start figuring out how to build stuff yeah because in the timeline where we look at it it seems to have happened in the blink of an eye like yeah. without explanation yeah so we have we do have a huge missing link over there right and right. this legend now talks about 
So the one connecting point that I was talking about was 11,500 years for Atlantis as well. Hmm. And then the legend of Saptarishis is another connecting point. Yeah. Which is, we call it Saptarishis, but... Uh, Essentially even, seven monks. Yeah. And even if you trace back the Inca or the Mayan history, yeah, their history also goes back to saying that a stranger appeared right. from the ocean. Right. And they said they came in a ship yeah that seemed to be propelling itself yeah no one was manually handling it handling it yeah. but it seemed to move on its own accord or by the direction of the people on the boat autopilot basically yeah they it seemed to have complete control over how it moved yeah. etc and these people came to their land and they basically told them that they'll show them the way you know they educate set up civilization and all that and from there, you have the step pyramids so, being built. And so the legend goes that when they were ultimately leaving, hmm. again, they went to the shores of the ocean. The ship and came. The ship came. And then they described it as being uh, floating on a bed of serpents. That's what they described the mm -hmm. ship as. Mm -hmm. Floating on a bed of serpents. And the priest or whoever the person was using music or sound to control the ship mm -hmm. you know which is a very weird thing that they mention that yeah specifically that is one connecting point the other connecting point is gobekli tepe in turkey yeah that is such an obvious connecting point how is it a connecting point to i'll tell you how because gobekli tepe is a site on in turkey in present day turkey mm. which armenians also claim right um it was just a mound. It was not even a tall hill. Hmm. It was just a hill that you would walk over. Right. You know, and you would not even realize. But again, like Gunang Padang in Indonesia, that mound also was considered to be sacred for hmm. whatever reason. It, people just knew that that place has some significance. Now, they started... Uh, excavating. Excavating. Yeah. Gobekli if you don't... If you can't think of a word, ask me. Sure. Okay. So they started excavating this place very recently, like uh, 2015, 2014, something like that. Oh, literally recently. Literally recently. Yeah. And the reason why is, again, because that area is a very disputed area. Mm -hmm. Turkey, Arme uh, Armenia. Yeah. You know, uh, there's always some kind of a strife going on. Mm. So ultimately, they excavated this place, this mound, and they found an extremely well-preserved site of monoliths. Hmm. So, to give an example, if you picture Stonehenge being a round block of, a round section of blocks, yeah. Gobekli Tepe is similar like that. It has monoliths, but it's also in a circular kind of arrangement. Right, right. And it goes down deep into that mound, that hmm. hill. Hmm. So, when they were started to dig, first weird thing they found was, it's all kanker. You know, it's not... Unlike any other excavation, right? Yeah. It's not naturally settled. Um, dust or sand or yeah, mud. That they're removing gently. Yeah. It's very carefully placed stones huh. covering up the entire site. And they were like, why? And so when they excavated the entire site out of it, then they understood that, okay, this site was deliberately buried like mm. that to preserve it against something. Us? No. 
back then hmm. again the timeline is very important because the time around when they purposely buried gobekli tepe was 11500 years ago oh so it's almost like they were preserving it for a later time you know and they wanted it to survive something and that's why they deliberately carefully they built it hmm. then they buried it was that immediately i don't know that part i don't know that part whether it was because it it looked like some kind of sacred rituals were definitely taking place hmm. at that site and even the monoliths that are standing on gobekli tepe very similar to the easter island structures they have facial features they have arms wrapping around the waist in the front yeah so there are these commonalities and they're also perfectly aligned to some astronomical setup yeah you know so that alignment also is perfect again people are trying to do pattern recognition which is look at sites elsewhere and the structure that they followed and then postulate right that word again oh sweet lord that uh, this site also probably follows a similar pattern and gobekli tepe the one hill that they excavated yeah now they find out is actually not even 5% of the entire gobekli tepe site so for them to actually excavate the remaining 95% yeah imagine the government support that they would need and like we discussed they're not getting any not getting any yeah they ain't getting any so um what were we talking about the patterns the connections right uh so atlantis had that connection of 11500 years right. gobekli tepe has a connection of 11500 years why every time this number keeps popping up because i think Something it has to happened. do with that major major event yeah that happened that the changed flood. things the Could, flood yeah the flood and mm. or what if it is like a nuclear blast imagine like one of these pyramids went wrong Mm-hmm. Atlantis say if Atlantis is the pinnacle of civilization I'm you know, pretty sure they would have had like a huge pyramid there also I can't say that's a very wild theory as well because it's very possible yeah, yeah. say you know the things just went out of hands because we have what we have a number of nuclear reactors around the world today and we have examples of some some of them having gone completely wrong as right well. yeah right yeah so what if and you're talking about a bunch of people who started getting greedier or or say carefree mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. arrogant put it anyway mm-hmm. and they wanted to harness things faster or whatever i don't know what happened yeah. but going by our behavior right <laughs> right i'm assuming that even our ancestors 11500 years back had a similar kind of approach and so what that, connects to this the pattern that connects to what you're saying is this constant story in mythology of gods being angered and reacting punishing yeah this is what happens in the case of atlantis yeah it also happened in babylon oh yeah right yeah so yeah. the tower yeah. of babel is the story that connects to this right. which is um the, the reason why i'm so before you go into the story of right. babylon the reason why i find this theory to be more uh, closer to mm-hmm. the reality if mm-hmm. it is the reality is the fact that people are trying to hide this instrument you know what instrument the pyramids right, the right. fact that they were trying to like hide these pyramids mm-hmm. these huge structures mm-hmm. 
gives me to think that it's like hey you know somebody figured out nuclear bomb and they realize what it can do and now everybody is scared to even like entertain it mm-hmm. right so say atlantis got like submerged in water because the something went horribly wrong right. with the pyramid with which they were basically building the civilization which which might be the nucleus of the civilization right mm-hmm. and something went wrong and these seven guys job was to go and wherever they kind of opened branches like first things first go shut them down mm-hmm. right don't because if you don't this is this seems to cause like a i mean there won't be any second chance mm-hmm. at least now we have a second chance but if this goes wrong horribly because like you said there might be a possibility that all of these things are connected yeah interconnected these mm-hmm. pyramids right so the first thing is they've sent like a you know damage control team and said like do guys figure out all these places where we sold the blueprints to and shut these things down do whatever it takes and in the process maybe everything these guys went and played the dirty cop mm-hmm. and you know may might have had to do forcibly yeah i mean right? that's an interesting take um and this coming to the story of babel now yeah. the tower of babel yeah thanks for uh, so simply listening to my theory and mm-hmm. not even like being excited about it i am that's why in my excited uh, <laughs> excitement i'm continuing on <laughs> what do you want to say <laughs> yeah which is tldr version of the tower of babel story is again you have a society or civilization which is said to be extremely advanced hmm. uh they've peaked hmm. in all possible uh, aspects what of life what is tldr uh too long didn't read uh so yeah <laughs> oh sweet lord no it's a popular your expression. effort to look young among the youth uh, <laughs> so yeah it's a it was a civilization that was again peaking in in all aspects of life and yeah. the king wanted to build a tower that would touch heaven yeah and he wanted that to be like a testament to the achievement of humanity right and it is said the legend goes that at that point of time there was just one language you know everyone spoke the same language everyone understood each other huh. so i take it to mean something more loosely in the sense that communication was a lot easy like everyone understood each other something like that or more yeah okay Fine. you know yeah. and so what happened with that effort when they started building the tower of babel they kept building it they kept building it they kept building it so basically it's a spiraling structure right right if anyone wants a reference of what it probably looked like the eu building in belgium right now is an exact scale model replica of what the exterior of tower of babel looked like so mm-hmm. the, they built that basis that design the spiraling building to the top yeah so the legend goes that when the gods notice this that humans were getting out of hand yeah. you know the signs or the they knowledge they were trying to they were blur the lines between gods yeah, and yeah uh, they were yeah. basically forgetting their place right and they were trying they were being too ambitious they were doing they being too insolent mm-hmm. in their behavior so they were not being obedient exactly which is a continuing problem with us <laughs> that we are not obedient yeah, that's true so then they struck the tower down first of all and then they cursed people so they they struck the power down and they threw people in four directions mm-hmm. 
and they cursed these four people to speak different languages mm-hmm. and not be able to understand each other well from now on yeah. so that they can't come to the situation again yeah. where they advance to a point where they forget their place yeah and that's the story of tower of babel and also they gave a top up with amnesia yeah <laughs> they might have been like and also you forget what you were speaking previously it's like that men in black that flashy yeah, thing yeah i oh, just look at this yeah. yeah and so this is the other connecting point that the story of humans exceeding their station you know like going beyond their means probably where they're the recurring yeah probably to a point where they're threatening something else or threatening someone else and that extra higher power strikes us down yeah maybe it's a metaphor for something but or or maybe that is a cycle it's it could be the cycle because in a very simplistic term mm-hmm. you know um the whole concept of of uh, tolerance if right. you look at if i mean if you have ever read or you know went deep into buddhism i haven't the buddhist monks mm-hmm. are trained to build a sculpture all day only to destroyed by the yeah, end of the day yeah, so yeah. they don't they build certain tolerance towards uh uh hard work towards dis- disattachment oh yeah detachment detachment sorry and, i apologize and even the the tibetan rangoli i'm not sure what they have a different name for that but a monk, you see monks who sit for oh, like yeah, hours yeah. and days and they keep hitting that spoon kind of yeah. thing right yeah yeah and it's, they make it's this there in house of cards but yeah yeah and they make this intricate designs yeah which also are supposed to represent the universe true the patterns of the, the patterns of the universe it's true. very fractal in yeah. nature and they take hours and days to somehow uh, the, to finish, finish it finish the whole but as soon as they're done they're they supposed clean to it up. Yeah. just wipe it yeah yeah so maybe you know it is an ingrained pattern that we are supposed to follow mm. maybe we also i mean if we can call like a generation right. of human species mm-hmm. if we are one of the third fourth god knows which generation of human species mm-hmm. maybe we are also destined to you know go to the pinnacle of our civilization maybe we might end up having a uniformed communication maybe we might have you know everything to the superlative mm-hmm. right uh, in terms of uh, the knowledge of emotions dimensions anything which ends with shuns right right and then we just have to like go to hunting gathering again yeah maybe it, that's the way it's supposed to like yeah i mean at least in indian uh mythology or in indian uh, uh culture that's a very strong belief as you know right that it's a yeah. cycle yeah. and there is going to be a wipeout yeah um the earlier wipeout was the great flood and according to those myths and legends the next wipeout is going to be fire right the big fire the big fire yeah and so coming back to the common so it is actually a kind of uh, condolence to us mm-hmm. or consolence not condolence you idiot consolation consolation mm-hmm. that we shouldn't be afraid of about a tsunami that's not how we are going to die yeah you're going to be wiped out when you start seeing a big ass fire which yeah. is why the amazon fire was pretty scary this time the australian bush the fires the australian bush fire the yeah. californian uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. fire oh yeah yeah fire fires popping up randomly those place. were weird yeah and yeah. might be they are a hint that we have to kind of maybe consider a little closely no the california one is very very sketchy very shady and after the great flood so one of them was from atlantis these seven people were given the task of 
transferring that knowledge they had to other people and building civilization there right and then there is the survival story in ancient sumeria which is called the epic of gilgamesh and which location is this on the map sumeria is babylon um near mesopotamia you know like uh, iraq Greece again no iraq 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 okay so that is one um, other connecting point which is the epic of gilgamesh basically talks about this king i think he was a king called gilgamesh mm-hmm. who was forewarned that there was going to be a great flood which would wipe out everything mm-hmm. and he was told that he was the chosen one to continue after the flood so he had to build a boat and he oh, had to is yeah. the same of noah noah yeah so the story of noah and his ark is very very closely are similar to epic of gilgamesh and then we also have the story of manu varaha avatar varaha avatar right in the great right. flood varaha takes the form of a tortoise yeah and then pulls a what is that no in its stomach right on the on the shell on the shell top carries carries the survivors yeah okay. it, it takes all species all kinds of species on the back of its shell mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, and kind of swims away right right or tackles the big flood or yeah and that's how the survivors are helped to continue right civilization elsewhere right and that's how they say easter island uh, is probably linked because these seven people they majorly traveled by sea right across the earth and easter island is one of those islands where you could stop for a pit stop you know so probably when they were having a pit stop over there that's when those easter island statues were built you know and those statues have so much in common with gobekli tepe statues the facial yeah. features yeah. they're also similar yeah and they were all naked but yeah even gobekli tepe statues yeah they're all naked but yeah, some seem to be naked yeah so i wanted to touch upon that so there's a, there's a huge huge um there's a whole school that believes in this story mm-hmm. where there are there were extraterrestrial um kingdoms right which chose earth as a battlefield right right, right. and this is anunnaki and uh, yeah. an, anu anunam uh, they're called anuna anunnaki anunnaki and anunaka anunamka so the king and the minister basically okay, okay? Uh, I don't know what's the name of the minister. Oh, are you talking about Enki? Enki. Enki and Enlil. Enki and Enlil. Right. Sorry. Right, right. Yeah, Enki and Enlil. Right. Mm. And Enki is the king, and Enlil is the minister. Mm. So they came. They fought the war. They won the war. I think the these war. two were brothers. Brothers, but one was a wrong. minister yeah. of like the. One was the main king. One one was the main king who yeah. gave the orders or yeah. whatever, and the other one was like a minister role. Right. Okay, let's just stick to these characters right, at least. Right. and they won the war mm. and then now they but the war was so costly that they lost everything mm. right or it was basically like a very expensive war for them mm-hmm. so what they decided was they'll stay here right and this war apparently happened in and around africa mm-hmm. right i mean the final bout was in africa and what happened was uh, they decided to start their civilization or kingdom or whatever mm-hmm. but they didn't have a lot of people to do that so so this enli enli right enlil enlil 
Enlil was a genetic engineer. Mm. So what they say is this guy manufactured humans as laborers, right? And they made these humans build everything that they wanted. By splicing their own DNA. By spli- they, uh, yeah. yeah, as a part of their own DNA. Yeah. Right? He genetically engineered these guys mm. by only taking out the specifics of the DNA yeah. that they have, which will give this new set of robots or whatever. Exactly. They just wanted of, motor function. Right. Basically. So they gave only limited skills. Yes. But Enli apparently was also a very empathetic guy. Mm. So what he also gave them after mm. a period of time was consciousness or some kind of identity or something education like that. knowledge right yeah. so th- the concept of curiosity or grasping intelligence or whatever right and then what happened was after a lot of years the this this engineered bodies right mm-hmm. hum- or if you call them humans mm-hmm. w- they got together and then they started questioning or fighting for they basically had a labor issue Union. The, the labor union issue. Yeah. And they fought against uh, uh, Enki. Okay. And Enki got very furious with Enli saying that, why the hell did you do this? Because yeah. see what we have now. We right. have a problem at hand. Right. And Enli again, being who he was, was well, a very wise guy. More empathetic. More empathetic. Yeah. And he said like, hey, you know what? It's too, it's unfair or whatever, whatever, whatever. And he said like, okay, fine. We'll do one thing. Let's give it to them. Let's see how they run the show. And we'll just be... You know, we'll just watch it. And every mm. time we feel that it's, it's going to cause a problem for us, we'll take care of it, right? He convinced Enki. And then they went to this hill mountain range and hid behind, or they started staying there. Mm. And this mountain range is somewhere near Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. The Israel, there's a belt of mountains in, right. around that region, right. which is where these guys apparently went and settled mm-hmm. finally. And they monitor it from there mm-hmm. across the globe, mm-hmm. Right. And which is very similar to, you know, how the other stories also. I mean, there's a very distinct connection. There are connections to this Enki and Elil story. Basically, the story of a benevolent, um, someone benevolent to humans. Right, right. Like there is that uh, Ridley Scott movie, right? Uh, What's the name? It starts with P. Pulp Fiction. No, no, no. (laughs) Pharaoh. No, dude. Pompey. No, 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 no. Papillon. Papillon. This recent uh, sci-fi. Oh. Um, Pyaar Tune Kya Kya. Fun, wonderful. <laughs> uh, who is the actor? Tell me. Who was that historical figure who gave fire to people? Like the gods. What? Yeah, yeah. Wrath of gods. No, 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 no. What is with P? Let me Prometheus. Just... Prometheus. So, Prometheus was supposed to be this... God who went against the other gods yeah. and yeah. Gave, gave fire to humans, to the humans because of again that empathetic yeah. uh, bent of mind. Yeah. And so with Enlil, there is a common thread with Prometheus as well. Yeah. And uh, also it is said that while humans were initially created for manual labor, probably for digging out Tigris, Euphrates, whatever rivers, but then these extraterrestrial beings they also found themselves attracted to females human females mm. and so they couldn't even though they spliced them out of their own dna yeah they couldn't resist they could not resist the bunch wow wow you know with the ladies and the basically, whole bloody problem <laughs> <laughs> the whole the whole history of mankind yep got haywire 
because of this one idiot <laughs> who couldn't hold on to his horses or just couldn't find chicks in his own uh, species in his own species yeah but whatever but this seems this is another commonality right which i do sometimes i wonder if it is just put into the story so that it it can be perceived more humane mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. that we don't feel that oh there was some there's somebody else altogether it's not just us right maybe is that the reason why they put in this stuff or is there a completely different way com- completely different reality i think there's you a know? different reason um especially when we look at other common aspect another common aspect or commonality in yeah. cultures of numbers right of how in hindu um culture for example there are certain numbers that always keep popping up yeah. you have 9 7 7 you have 108 11 um yeah and 5 panchatantra panchapandava yeah yeah 5 ashta ashta has a huge relevance yeah. in yoga and in exercises yeah yeah all of these things so if you look at greek mythology also right yeah. when they're telling their stories some of these numbers come into picture yeah. like there were seven horses yeah or something like that even in norse mythology with the vikings right they have all of this mythology around valhalla yeah and the hall of the gods right. ragnarok which is their pralaya right and uh, also they have these numbers again 42 asgard, yeah. 7 yeah, yeah asgard they have 42 7 12 all these yeah. numbers again coming up yeah i think the reason for that could be it's debatable if the stories themselves were exactly true but then why are these numbers being encoded i think because they're metaphors for something else like 12 could be the 12 planets in the solar system or are 12 they 12 planets where they're not 12 planets nine planets nine planets so navagraha you get my example right yeah. so it is possibly pointing to something uh yeah i mean i get the point like there is mathematics numerology rather yeah place I mean it's very deeply and we are idiots to not figure it out and that's why I say maybe there is a reason why these are hidden from us or they are so cryptic to us that we are not supposed to understand them but you're also supposed to figure it out you know it's cryptic in a way that it should not be completely a lost cause as well where you give up on it or maybe right now we are not developed enough to like understand it no because the pattern i see and this common point or pattern of mathematics or numerology also goes to pyramids yeah. and any other uh, structures you see in india or greece as well mm-hmm. which is one way first of all when you look at the pyramids you have to take a pause right at ground level when you yeah, stand because there is security check and all right now great <laughs> <laughs> yeah you have to no, like, you have i'm to... saying because it is so massive <laughs> oh like that that it just takes your breath every away, like... time i look at a mirror right. i take a pause the majestic image that the mirror throws back mm-hmm. to me is unbelievable that i just, just am, i feel so jealous that everybody gets to see this majestic figure whenever i walk around and i have to like rely look at on a, mirror. a mirror right you know that just speaks to your bad taste that you like what you're seeing <laughs> in the mirror but uh what was i saying that you... see see oh yeah in in the case of the pyramids right first of all there is that visual spectacle effect which is you 
look at it and you're like whoa you because know, like, of the gra- because i think it's because of the, the sheer size the yeah, size and the, the scale of, of it it's yeah. like what is like, i never saw a small pyramid and like whoa what a pyramid exactly right? <laughs> exactly <laughs> like, it's like our triangle yeah, it's cute like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but first of all it's supposed to make you wonder yeah. in that way and then it's supposed to attract you towards it because of that sense of amazement right. etc so you now you're curious now what happens when you start just for the fuck of it you start measuring it what happens is when you measure the base of the pyramid what you're getting is a a ratio of the diameter of the earth right when you're getting when you're measuring the height of the pyramid you're getting the radius of the earth the polar radius yeah and there are other numbers the kind of numbers that are encoded in the pyramid mm. itself you can get the distance from the earth to the sun right the distance from the and diameter to diameter i'm talking right. about yeah, distance yeah, yeah. and the distance from the earth to the moon yeah and there's so many of these the whole pyramid itself is supposed to represent the northern hemisphere of the earth yeah, right so then that means north and south if you mix then that's like a pyramid pointing upwards and then there are pyramid yeah, pointing down, downwards. downwards which is exactly what you have in the louvre in paris louvre yeah oh, oh the louvre the museum, museum which is in a cellar or something right louvre is like what basement i don't know the actually. word louvre means basement or something oh i don't i don't know possible yeah. but the, there's latin a, word yeah there is a glass pyramid right just outside the louvre museum not that either of us have ever yeah. been <laughs> like, but the you're photo, telling as if like we, we no, go there every it's day. a very famous picture which is uh, just outside the louvre museum mm-hmm. uh there is a glass pyramid that mm-hmm. they built mm-hmm. and just underneath when you go in the cellar yeah underneath that there is another small pyramid which is pointing downwards just mm-hmm. under the glass pyramid is pointing upwards hmm now why why do you build these ancient monoliths monuments um and you encode this mathematics into these monuments one theory that graham and cockimson shares again whatever he's saying is not his own invention he's researched all of this yeah so it says that today we may be speaking a set of languages tomorrow people may be speaking some other language yeah. so whatever you're recording if you're recording it in a script there's no guarantee that it could be deciphered by in the, the years to come later generations by the later generations because the indus we valley we can't decipher sanskrit now indus valley script we don't have a clue how to even sanskrit sanskrit we do know no 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 the, so, so the so uh, so there are multiple pali is sanskrit. what we have lost pali and prakrit pali, yeah, we have completely yeah, lost yeah we've gone yeah uh, sanskrit we still do have what but math is universal like right. you'll always find a way to count things whatever language you're using yeah. so that's the reason why they encoded numbers into this because and they possibly knew of these cycles you know that today we are a peak civilization possibly tomorrow or definitely tomorrow there's going to be a wipeout so when there is a wipeout then the hunter gatherers need a way to advance you know evolve to language so it's like a huge treasure hunt basically it's like yeah you can say that right yeah like, yeah, yeah i mean the prize is big yeah and we are right now sitting on about like i don't know how many clues yeah and we still are figuring out those clues actually and it's not just the math aspect of it to transfer knowledge but it's also it gives hint to otherwise hunter gatherers or human beings that there is more to this 
now the effort that someone would have taken to build something as great and as majestic as this why and keep rebuilding keep rebuilding not just build it once and leave it yeah. they, they kept rebuilding renovating everything the questions that arise in your mind are why the effort why the scale why did it have to be so grand and why this place this place and why these specific numbers are involved in this and also why why is it beautiful like why does it have to be so captivating you know like w- so that you stick around i guess like i think yeah so that you stick around yeah. and you investigate is one thing yeah. but it also i think communicates very subtly the effect that aesthetics and beauty have on us as human beings but i don't think so i don't think so but it's also related very closely to another previous episode that we did which is the measure of man yeah which is uh, it's also said that the reason why they were so precise and that's another question why so precise yeah. why aligning to the north yeah, you know precision i think is more like spoon feeding for us saying that okay this is what it is and this is the exact number you don't have to fuck around with this number anymore there's no ambiguity like, yeah this this absolute transparency there right right don't use your brains basically that's what they're saying right and what they're saying is all you have to do is take this puzzle mm-hmm. and like fit it in the place yeah right don't have to like use your brains or your creativity to like mess around with it or anything right and when it comes to the grandiousness or you know the scale, the scale which they yeah. they do it it i think it's purely so that it can catch your attention and you don't miss it mm. what if they write it on a small stone and like put it somewhere there's no point we you you will miss out on it right but and, and also what i feel to be honest right maybe they didn't tie up all the loose ends with the mount giza no with the with the great pyramid giza mm-hmm. maybe they maybe they were not supposed to we are thinking that they are trying to give us a hint mm-hmm. but the fact that they were covering up all these other pyramids right and they just were out of time wait covering up which pyramids the gobeki tepe or that's like, not a pyramid at all no i'm saying whatever whichever other pyramids are there which got covered and looks like they are artificially covered and all that crap right mm-hmm. what if they didn't intend to tell it to us but by chance they missed out on this pyramid of giza because they ran out of time because everything apparently happened so fast at you know 11500 years back mm-hmm. right so what we are thinking is a clue to us is basically you know a loose end <laughs> that our ancestors kind of left what if that is the case oh i don't think so because if you look at angkor wat for example there's very clearly 72 uh temples ah yeah in yeah, that whole yeah my theory is debunked complex already. you know yeah. and angkor wat happens to be on the 72 degree what do you call it latitude, latitude. or something longitude. like that longitude. longitude so there's all these correlations and it has 54 small uh pieces of smaller idols shrines, shrines uh, no no oh yeah yeah 54 idols on both sides of a bridge yeah which counts to 108 108 so they have all these encoded so yeah. why exactly this number what is the significance it gets people to be curious the philosoph- the philosophical extension of that of the precision why so precise why so measured why so exact the philosophical extension is what we cover in the measure of man episode which is as a human being why do you need to be precise about your emotional balance why do you need to know 
the measure of yourself as a man because and what benefits that gets you in life right uh it's a, it's a clarity it's gr- great connection between these two so there's more connecting points you know like the patterns and connecting points that we discussed i'd like to now move on to what we already touched upon which is the response of authority yeah and some of the stories related to that so like like we talked about gunung padang which is a hill in indonesia that or or uh, a chinese counter in bhutan no no <laughs> but it's a hill uh, in indonesia that the locals have always always regarded as a sacred site mm-hmm. but now the with the passage of time we probably have lost the reason why we think of it as sacred but what this person this uh, archaeologist indonesian archaeologist did was he used um you know those uh, radar systems using which you can look inside like underneath the earth like what's there right so he used those he used that machinery after getting permission from the government in indonesia mm-hmm. and it cost a lot so they did uh, i forgot what it's called but this ground radar is it a radar. sonar system no it's a ground, ground radar sonar. Uh, something it's called they identify like how much of hollow spaces hollow spaces are yeah. there and how much of uh, and they can even yeah. get a visual representation of outline of what is there inside. yeah it, it creates a simulation of sorts right yeah, yeah and yeah, so yeah. what they figured was they saw chambers inside gunung padang they saw a pyramid kind of structure hmm. inside the hill and this guy was shocked he was like we have to explain another this. pyramid yeah that's what they were thinking pyramid with chambers inside with chambers another tomb which is built in the shape of pyramid well tomb with air quotes yeah. <laughs> yeah so he very rightly so started a campaign that we have to excavate this you yeah. know and you know on a fiscal uh well in a fiscal sense as well if you excavate something of archaeological importance yeah one is you could get funding from the uh, the who hmm. heritage organization yeah and then you can also get tourism revenue yeah so it makes sense to pursue this right and so he started a campaign it got a lot of public support and finally it got the support of the president right of that country which is unthinkable like how th- how is this happening in indonesia yeah and it's not happening anywhere else so the president himself visited the site the archeolo- uh, the archaeologist uh, educated the president about the potential obviously he congratulated and he congratulated he granted us yeah. a lot of money yeah. to be used in that project and then the elections happened in indonesia and then power changed hands and the new power that came in immediately shut down the project the project freemasons bro <laughs> you know the guys who ransacked the library of alexandria uh, i think these guys know a little too much yeah we lost a lot of knowledge with uh, alexandria and nalanda uh, nalanda takshashila yeah and god only knows how many libraries in mexico or america south america or you know all these places true because yeah. they all they are all cultures which uh, which document a lot of stuff yeah you know yeah uh, but but i get the point i think this whole like i said see it is such an inexplicable events that that happen because another thing that i also observe let right, me you're not done yet yeah because 
I had another example. If we just give one example, right? It may seem anecdotal. So I'll tell another example. You tell another example. What example do you have? So my example is not like for a pyramid, mm-hmm. uh, but this whole concept of the authorities' intervention. Right. If you see all these sacred places, right? Ancient sacred places. Mm-hmm. Somehow they seem to garner attention of of resistance. There is some controversial, you know, aspect which creeps in, mm. make making it an untouchable space. Yes, you know, uh, Jerusalem is another example. I'm yes. not saying it's a pyramid, but it is of high value in terms of spiritual uh, connotation. Yes, right. Yeah. Uh, the location of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. to be precise, mm-hmm. it has a lot of spiritual and it it's got its own history, mm. right? It 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 has its own credible history, mm. uh, and I'm not. connecting it to any religion mm-hmm. or anything per se but the whole you know the story of nk and nl yeah. right they they one of the you know ideas is these guys went somewhere around jerusalem mm. and then they hid in some place in right. the mountains or whatever right and similarly you take any other place right yeah. mount kailash another example yeah. manasarovar another example yeah. politically it has garnered a lot of attention yeah right a lot of people are you know somehow saying that hey whatever whichever countries are involved in it mm. right and this is something which is another pattern or another commonality between all these places or majority of these places yeah right where they seem to somehow garner a lot of same thing is with tirupati by the way yeah there's right? controversy there is strife there is some volatile atmosphere yeah. there's some that unrest created. that is constantly unrest. yeah and is that engineered or because what is going on with this pattern you know why is it common why is it similar across the yeah. globe with these places if only we knew the answers and a more local example we have of is of uh, um you know in india mm. so graham hancock himself yeah. the person we mentioned he's married to a lady who is from tamil nadu mm. okay savita right her name is no savita. no santa shanta yeah santa So, she comes from the town of Mahabalipuram. Mahabalipuram. And in Mahabalipuram, they have a huge fisherman culture, right? Because right. it's coastal. It's a coastal thing. So she told him of stories of how um, during low tide, yeah, the fishermen had reported that they could see some monolithical structures pop out of jutting out of jutting out of the waters, uh, the waterbed. Yeah. and they could make out that it looked like a gopuram or it looked like some kind of a worship site yeah. or something like that so he was intrigued by that so he traveled uh he came to india with his wife she helped translate yeah uh, he spoke to locals and they said yeah it's a common thing we all know this yeah. you know and off the coast we know that under the water there's more right but we've never uh ventured right. we're just fishermen yeah like what do we have yeah. to do with So he was really intrigued about this, and uh, it was tying into his studies across the world. He was going off the coast in different places like Japan, right. and he was finding structures under the water. Yeah. So he got in touch with. Uh, well, he tried to see if they could something could be done in India itself. That was not possible for budget reasons or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he got in touch with the Royal Oceanographic Society in UK. He's yeah. British as well. So. he got them to get interested first of all and they were interested they volunteered you know they uh wanted to come across and do dives etc and uh, i think they even did a few dives 
but only in collaboration with the Indian Oceanographic Society. Hmm. And when it came to continuing studies, because you keep, you have to keep doing dives. Yeah. It's not something you can just get out of with one or one two go, dives. Yeah. You have to dive for at least four or five years right. to get the whole picture. Right. So he wanted to mediate and he even mediated between the British Oceanographic Society and the Indian Oceanographic Society. But what he found was in the on the Indian side, unfortunately for us, there was a lot of politics uh, about if a new great discovery comes out of this, you know, the credit should not go to British people or yeah. something like that. It has to be our own thing. Right. And which on some level understandable for me, Okay, so you want to do it by your own thing. You want to get credit? Fine, do it. Yeah. But the problem is there was no follow-up. You know, Nobody they, did it. No one did it. They said that, no, no. If anyone has to do it, it has to be us. And they walked away. <laughs> and this guy... <laughs> it's like, it's my bad, yeah. my rules. Yeah. I'm going to go home. Yeah. Screw you guys, I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, so he tried to follow up later. Ki, uh, by then, he had con- communicated enough with uh, officials in the Indian right. you know, right. body. So he tried to communicate with them and ask them, hey, what's going on? Like, are they continuing? Right. Is there budget? Uh, are they funding for this, etc.? Because you said you wanted to do it exclusively by yourself. And there was just no follow-up. There was no interest. There was no infra. There was nothing. And it just died there. Because it was not just Mahabalipuram. Because we also have Dwarka on the other side. Yeah. And Dwarka also sank. I was about to say, yeah, Dwarka, they found uh, remains of Dwarka Andasi. And we, very close to Gujarat. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. We know that there is a whole city underneath yeah. there. Yeah. And still we're not, you know, doing much. Yeah. And this, so we ta- we looked at Indonesia. We looked at India. Again, that's a government body. Yeah. If they're not getting interest, if they're not getting funds, then who's really to blame? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I, like I said, see, it almost l- seems like it's it has its own way of protecting itself. Yeah. From not revealing too much, you know. Uh, I don't know how it happens. I don't know why it happens. No, I th- I feel I see it as extremely deliberate. It's too much of a coincidence for every uh, governing body to so shut you're down. S- you're saying to shut this down immediately. Like, so you're you know? saying that there is a common entity which basically keeps an eye on all this. Oh no 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 no. Then how do, now? How are so many governments of different countries seem to be having a same response? Yeah, I'm not saying it is coordinated. Between these governments, it cannot be. It cannot be. Yeah, but it cannot. How be. come this is the? Which is why my theory is that there seems to be, you know, uh, there seems to be a mind of its own mm-hmm. in a in a bigger sense. Right. Like I don't know. You know, have you seen that movie of Lucy? Yeah. Right, where the potential of the brain goes more than hundred, becomes independent, and yeah, yeah. it does its own things. Yeah. So when eleven thousand five hundred years back. Say if we go by the premise that mm-hmm. Atlantis drowned without even like a single, you know, leftover, mm. right? That means they must have had like humongous explosion or some sort of energy dissipation mm-hmm. where it went beyond its capacity and became independent. Mm. And it started functioning on its own oh. and it started safeguarding, that energy started safeguarding its own uh, entities or you're, whatever. You're writing a whole sci-fi movie now. Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. I'm I'm going to the other extreme. Right. Right. Yeah. Because what is God? Mm. Ask me this. What is God, bro? Me. 
okay no but you get the point right mm-hmm. like if god is also someone who functions like this yeah yeah who controls every story seems to be saying that god got pissed off mm. and he put a wrath on humans well that's the tricky part because they almost always in these stories it doesn't come across as god it always who comes ac- it always comes across as gods gods yeah who over a bunch of people a board of committee or whatever yeah yeah right and this failed so drastically mm. right atlantis was a failed project for them and on the basis of atlantis atlantis at, at atlantis <laughs> on the basis of atlantis right. they started this multiple other projects mm-hmm. and they had to shut them down because atlantis kind of tanked mm. right they couldn't see atlantis self sustaining after a point and mm. they feared that yeah this is what might happen everywhere else so you know what let's shut shut the whole operation mm. right and and because they are they are who they are and they are doing it for time beyond right until unless some crackhead would figure it out and then blow it up again <laughs> yeah so we've covered even the common points or the patterns of authority response yeah. the next common point or pattern that i wanted to call out was the mastery of stone which is another commonality that we see how they use stone how they use stone and the absolute extremely even annoying at times the mastery of it you know the precision it's almost like they melted stone until it became like marshmallow or something <laughs> and they happily you know curved uh, carved them up exactly how they wanted yeah. and then they solidified it and made it hard because there's no other way to explain it especially if you look at certain examples guys so there is a place called saksehuaman in south america it is near the inca mayan mm-hmm. empires okay and along with saksehuaman there are some hills in which there are caves okay mm-hmm. and these caves were built on like for example there were original rock caves first then someone built a structure into the into those caves like with shelves oh, in the sweet. walls okay. etc oh like that like okay. that ha so the oddest thing about saksehuaman is it has the site has this giant wall hmm. walls okay and the walls are nothing but huge huge boulders piled one on top of each other hmm. and these boulders are first of all inexplicably smooth hmm. not sure how all of them are so smooth but they're totally different shapes how old are these no clue like they go very old oh the problem with stone is you can't carbon date it oh that's okay. the biggest problem so when you have these different boulders of different shapes and sizes they pile them up in such a way that there is no gap in between you know it's as if all these stones air tight air tight and yeah. they're completely different dimensions completely different sizes yeah. if anyone listening to this is interested just look up saksehuaman uh images and you'll see what we mean it's so tough to explain how these stones were fused together yeah first of all how they were how were they carried over from the quarry and then how they were fused together yeah to stay that way over centuries now like thousands and thousands of years right no clue again what you see in the inca mayan area hmm. is you also have now cities right like right. Uh, you have uh, bolivian cities then you have uh, the you get the picture right I, so 
there are some compound walls mm. that the incas or the aztecs mm. or the mayans they built in the city okay when you look at that stonework that's there and you look at sacsayhuaman mm. the both are in the same geographical location right. but the stonework com- look compared to sacsayhuaman boulders right the stonework looks as if it's like hunter gatherers just managed yeah. to stick it up together. stick it up together in a very clumsy way right it is looking so amateurish right in front of that right. and forget about those caves because those are even insane so when it comes to a little older than us civilization hmm. we see a lot of ornamentation yeah, a lot of design work design work and yeah. artistry and this and that but when it goes really really old yeah there is none of that it is just simple straight lines right straight walls straight lines yeah. and smooth cuts as if they were laser like cut butter. yeah as if they were laser cut like butter yeah smooth cut entrances and there are holes in the walls some holes are clearly serve no other purpose but to be shelves huh. to put things huh. there are some other holes which you can't explain because it looks like some metal cog of that same shape huh. is supposed to go in huh. and then you're supposed to do something on it Oh. turn it or press it or something and then something happens yeah you know it is so crazy and so and also we have the kailasha temple example yeah i was about to get there Elora when Kates. you said orientation and yeah. design aspect right and the mastery of stone kailasha is supposed it, to be dug from top down top down right. and they carved out the temple out of one existing Not giant block that. uh kailasha temple so when you were talking about pyramids and how majestic they are and how they amuse you mm. for me i think kailash temple is even more amusing kailash temple is surely for the size of it just the way it's done and the the you know the suspense that surrounds it like where the sh- where the hell is that stone that they carved out yeah where the hell did it vaporize like and it's a it's a huge place to carve that's, on that's it's a single stone temple right that's not even the weirdest thing for me is you know that where the stones go the weirdest thing for me is how do you come across a giant block of stone and then decide this is where i'll carve this shit i mean obviously we don't just build temples wherever we like yeah in the olden days at least they built specifically because right. of the location right so in this location they happen to find this giant one piece of stone right and then they decided it is basalt rock which is volcanic yeah. material and then they decide ki oh we can make a temple here and then they decide let's not just make a temple let's make it all one piece of rock from yeah. this one piece of rock yeah. and let's go top down <laughs> how insane is this uh, thought they just even kept, they just were not satisfied with the complexity of the idea how did they achieve this mastery with stone and that level of mastery is completely forgotten yeah yeah and yeah and another thing before you finish mm. I, i i want to end this mm. the most unbelievable aspect about all this mm. right pyramids you know all these things are great mm. but when you look at these things one they are huge they're pretty big in scale relatively big in scale oh yeah two they are some extremely functional stuff mm. they are not just again show ornamental pieces, pieces ornamental. yeah three 
the detailing of these sculptures yeah. that surround these temples or structures yeah. right i think I've, it is unrealistic i would the say un- in today's world if you look at it it's unreasonable almost yeah like yeah. why would you spend i mean but clearly there's the a reason the designs why. on the bangles the the designs on the expressions right yeah. uh, and they're not just one or two or three they're like thousands of them yeah all across the temple yeah uh the designs in kailash temple actually mm. the 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 sculpting sculpting of the elephants is so realistic mm. i mean it's not just an elephant which is in a pose right right they are actual elephants elephants in the actual natural elephant pose right which is which is super scary right i yeah. mean when you look at them they are they have their trunks properly they have their big flapping ears mm. and all that and there there the hundreds of them across mm. same thing in hampi if you if you look at it the the intricate details of every sculpture which is there on top of the you know on the dome mm. of the temple right mm. even from a distance you still can see the detail the detail and which is unbelievable yeah. and it's like high quality stuff that's what i feel even if we can't figure out why exactly they went to such unreasonable lengths of detail and excellence. precision and excellence excellence i think that's the answer it tells because us because they went behind excellence i guess it tells us that even if you don't know the reason why you at least know that there is value to it you know in that pursuit yeah you have to there is great amount of value in pursuing detail precision excellence and also beauty yeah and that's the way to live i think it's just there is so much amazing. more than what we see yeah it's just that we need a lot of patience and and openness to like the two examples i wanted to quote about the mastery of stone or yeah my theory of how they used it a little bit which is i think the knowledge extended to such a extent that they even knew how to manipulate molecular compositions or the properties of the stone itself by mixing some something else with it or whatever because if anyone has watched guardians of the galaxy marvels guardians of the galaxy what a reference volume 2 <laughs> huh. okay where you have kurt russell's character yeah. as the earth man or star lord's uh, father, father yeah who himself is a celestial being yeah pay close attention to the ship he comes in okay hmm. he comes flying in a ship which on the surface is like a smooth pebble yeah no indentations right. no depressions for right. buttons anything right but when he wants something out of it hmm. he just touches a part of the ship yeah and whatever he wants happens or basically when he wants to change the properties of the ship it changes when he wants a door or when he wants to open something something like that right yeah 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 that indentation appears when he puts his hand on it and then he moves it so you are saying there are telekinetic powers there's something weird going on there because i have a simple theory for this the very example of how someone in marvel got an idea for doing something like this i think is related with either a theory that is close to how it was or it's a distant memory that we borrowed from the common consciousness or whatever because there's a very weird dream that i had many many years back before i knew any of this stuff hmm. about ancient artifacts or anything like that yeah i'll come to that after you share your theory my theory is very simple 
and my theory is they used sound and frequency i that's the conclusion i'm coming to as well because i think if you look at it deeply right uh universe functions on sound in a way you know what i mean i mean yeah am i making sense i just feel that if there is a force that is powerful enough yeah and strong enough yeah to carve stone like butter yeah it has to be sound it has to be sound and sound is easily regulated mm. you know relatively regulated amplified attuned you have a lot of control yeah. i mean the 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 spectrum of how you can use sound is enormous right yeah. because you can go high frequency we can make it sonar and yes you can burst someone and you can go low frequency and whatever right yeah. so i think some, our ancestors basically figured out the weapon or or the utility of sound yeah in in multiple ways yeah right and and they and sound has properties which i don't think we actually explored uh, enough as a society or as a civilization well yeah at a very basic level if uh we look at a solid object like this table over here hmm in reality what they say is the table is not really static or solid yeah but when It you look at vibrating. the molecular level all of them are like vibrating yeah. closely yeah. within themselves yeah. what can sound do it it vibrates it vibrates and vibration causes vibra- sound exactly there are more But, interesting things that are coming up in the field of sound and we'll cover that in, in a later episode on like sound. always yeah <laughs> there is there is definitely a a certain sizable science mm. involved in what has been created already right it's just the fact my belief is that we just don't have the aptitude to understand it mm. and the other the bigger problem is we don't even seem to be bothered about it as a species mm. which is the bigger problem we have to solve first that we unanimously need to appreciate our species as one and then go behind all these things together yeah that's when you might see like tangible results or i just feel like if we go back to that aspect in our everyday lives also to go beneath the surface be more become more detail oriented pursue excellence in whatever it is we're doing logically we will reach that stage because if we start pursuing excellence in everything that we're doing then on a bigger scale civilizational or species level of scale we will be going in that same direction i feel yeah because i i don't see another route yeah you know there yeah. is no other route that we we have to take or you know whatever i see the thing is the unfortunate thing is it becomes philosophical it becomes spiritual mm. and it becomes a hard sell beyond that because the moment we go into a philosophical or a spiritual to the west yeah whoever yeah, yeah like i mean come on like how many people today in the east actually embrace the philosophical aspect of the culture mm Wh- who whoever don't again they have been influenced by the west rather you know like it's come around that in simple thing is this whole goddamn thing became a mess because of eve wanting to eat that bloody forbidden fruit <laughs> listening to a bloody serpent right chicks My man what, bigger what, question what is how do? the hell did the female understand a bloody snake Mm. the guy didn't get it yeah <laughs> right so no it's a joke it's a joke ladies of course uh beyond all these things we talked about there are wilder wilder theories that are quite weird uh, one of them is 
Have you come across the myth of the giant trees? Have you ever heard of this? Uh can you tell me the location so I can kind of So there are multiple locations where you watched Avatar, right? Yeah. How you s- you remember that giant tree right, right. that they were based they worshiped they worshiped they right. lived yeah and they even thought it was intelligent yeah. you know so there was there is a myth or a school of thought that says there were giant trees across the earth and mm. similar like that their roots extended to miles mm. and they almost touched the sky mm. and people lived on them like the fruit would feed many people at once right so everyone regarded them to be divine you mm. know and they were well highly regarded these giant trees and uh, there is a myth about how giants were sent to chop them down and by who well we don't know that yeah so we don't know anything right that that's a good very <laughs> good takeaway for life yeah. which is we really we don't, don't know, know nothing uh these are all john's knows yeah we know nothing these giant trees were chopped by giants and ever since they did that hmm. that began the downfall of because these trees were the earth's intelligence and the nature's nature's intelligence yeah. and it w- they used to self sustain you know everything around them yeah so everything boils back to this concept of fractality yeah you know cycles I mean, within cycles yeah patterns, patterns within, patterns, within patterns you know yeah process within process reboots after reboots all these things yeah. right it's just the magnitude of it changes mm. from like 10 power minus 1000 to mm. like 10 power plus 1000 or something mm. so the, the only thing that i feel is that you need to have as an individual right any individual i think these things teach you a lot yeah might not be practical knowledge but they definitely teach you direction they give you a direction of some sort mm. and it is it is important to like embrace you know your whole past as as a species right and fortunately or unfortunately we only have so much of so much tools or avenues through mm. which we can learn them and yeah thankful to our ancestors that they built enough or they've left enough for us to like be busy for a lifetime yeah yeah and i would even say f- shit for today's day and age people just have to practice pattern recognition first yeah. of all yeah be observant enough because there are patterns all around us and who knows if you are observant enough maybe you'll pick up a hint or a clue that the rest of us are missing out on yeah and if you embrace enough who yeah. knows they can be a part of our podcast next episode I mean yeah uh, what bigger honor really what more what more do you want than being a guest on the tiger podcast which releases every thursday by the way tiger podcast guys subscribe and share share and that brings us to our favorite audience favorite bogus mm-hmm. which is the parcel section So bogus. Yep. I have to ask you yes a very serious question. Oh no, what is that? How short is your parcel? It is probably the shortest one I've ever done. Let's see if that's true or not. Absolutely. We are all absolutely not interested. 
So, so my parcel for this episode is a sci-fi TV show uh, called Battlestar Galactica. Whoa. Yeah. You went universal. Oh, yeah. So Battlestar Galactica was a TV show that first came out. Not first came out. It came out in 2003. <laughs> okay. It was actually a remake of its 1978 original mm-hmm. with the same title. Mm-hmm. The context of this story and world is that in the distant future, right? Yeah. Humans develop sophisticated machines called Cylons mm-hmm. to do their every bidding. Okay. Now, these machines evolve to a point where they rebel against the mistreatment at the hands of humans. And that brings on the Great War. Oh, sweet Lord. Okay. So basically, this is like that iRobot kind of a thing, right? Where robots kind of start attacking humans. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, following heavy casualties and losses in, on both sides in the Great War, they ended the war by signing a peace accord. Okay, humans and Cylons. Hyundai Accord. What, did, what was that? A peace accord. Peace accord. Okay. Yeah. So, according to this... They agreed to follow a policy of non-interference and non-violence. Uh-huh. And they also agreed uh-huh. that an envoy from either side uh-huh. would meet at periodic intervals at a certain galactic diplomatic post, outpost. So basically they turned a, a planet into like a peace place. No, actually humans, this is in the distant future. So humans would have actually... Uh, Uh, populated 12 other planets oh so there are 12 colonies one planet wasn't enough i mean it we we're looking at a point in future where because of the lack of resources humans have had to find newer colonies to yeah um what do they call that um terraform yeah terraform okay okay so there are 12 colonies and that's when the cylons rebelled and there was a great war okay and there was this one galactic outpost, diplomatic outpost, where after a certain period of time, like years, hmm. one envoy from their side and one envoy from our side has to meet there and exchange pleasantries just to ensure that the peace is kept. Intact. Yeah. So, many years have now passed since the Great War and the following accord. And the envoys of humans have waited for years at this galactic outpost without any contact from the Cylons. Why are you okay. telling, I'm sorry I'm butting in, mm-hmm. but why are you telling this as if like a father speaking out the Bible in a church? This is for an audience that does not know this show. Oh, okay. I'm setting the context and yeah. your interruptions. But you can be a little more excited about it. And your interruptions are making it harder for people to follow. Okay, okay. I apologize. So, right, so... It's been many years now that humans have waited at this diplomatic outpost and there's been no sight or they have not heard from the Cylons at all. So they have no idea what's going on. And Balsa Galactica opens on this particular outpost. We see uh, a human... You're talking about the TV series The TV series, yeah. Okay. So the TV series, the 2003 remake... It opens on this galactic outpost. So the present human envoy is sitting at his desk with framed pictures of his distant loved ones. You know, he looks lifeless, tired, and he's actually dozing off at his desk in boredom because there's nothing to do. 
and all of a sudden the doors in front of him the slide open and they jolt him awake two robotic cylon guards with weapons enter and take their positions beside the entrance and then walks in this gorgeous blonde heading straight to the envoy this is not a pawn series right no okay this clarifying it she goes up to him she sits on his lap again i want to ask you this is not a pawn It's series not. right okay she takes her face close to his befuddled face <laughs> looks into his eyes and she says are you alive and that's the only question she asks him okay and this guy is too confused to speak mm-hmm. he is just looking into her eyes and then she leans in to kiss him okay as she's leaning in to kiss him the camera now shows you the outside the exterior of the galactic outpost uh huh and it slowly pans back and as it pans back you notice this giant spaceship uh uh-huh. that is almost engulfing this outpost this outpost looks looks like a small matchbox candy okay piece of candy in front of that giant thing uh uh-huh. and then you see from the top right uh-huh. of that giant spaceship one missile slowly comes out curving uh-huh. towards the screen towards you uh-huh. and then it curves and it hits the galactic outpost on the side uh-huh and now we're back inside the blonde is kissing this guy he's still confused and then he looks around him everything's blowing up huh and the galactic outpost is destroyed this and that outpost is supposed to serve the peace accord right right, right. so there is no peace there is no peace war the has Cylons begun have attacked the one symbol of peace right. that they agreed upon that is where battlestar galactica opens mm-hmm. okay now the next thing you know is you are on a battleship called galactica so this is what the show is based on right galactica is actually a battleship that was used in the great war between humans and cylons okay and it is now almost because it's been so many years right it is now almost uh, going to be converted into a museum uh-huh so the current uh, captain of the ship who is uh, at uh, captain adama uh-huh. that's his name oh interesting name he is getting prepared to make his final speech because they are decommissioning the ship uh-huh. all the crew members are they're going to re- uh, retire basically right and uh, they're going to convert this ship into a museum now and as that ceremony is going on they hear of massive attacks across the human cities wherever whichever planets they are occupying humans cylons are attacking them okay and because humanity's ships have now advanced since the great war they became sophisticated and that's the reason why cylons were able to hack into them so the only ship or one of the f- only few ships that survives this cylon attack is It the is. galactica because uh-huh. it was built along the old style where it's almost built like a 1980s spaceship uh-huh. where you have like rotary phones and shit because they purposely did that because they didn't want to connect everything together so the machines will then take over right so they wanted to keep everything analog right so that humans will still have control so over so they had those kching yeah, kching phones yeah. okay so it. that is what the galactica is made up of and now it turns out humanity is on the run now uh-huh because all of the planets have been destroyed humanity is nothing but a collection of spaceships on the run in space and their only military savior 
is a battleship called Galactica, which is from olden days. Like it's almost going to be decommissioned. Right. So it's technology-wise, it is very old, but it's also the perfect one for this situation because the machines can't get through. Right. And they're dealing with Cylons. The blonde lady who I talked about is actually an evolved version of a Cylon. Uh And what humans will find out is as they try to fight with them and kill them, they find that these Cylons can very quickly clone these copies. Mm -hmm. So what happens is when they kill a Cylon, their um, memory memory gets uplinked instantly to a cloud. cloud, Another uh, spaceship where already their clones' bodies are there. So just like up, so the up memories close. just get downloaded into yeah. the new body, and the Cylon is back now with with all the experience, all the experience, have. all the memories. So humans have no clue how to deal with this right. onslaught, this enemy. Right. But then again, Cylons have also another agenda that humans are not aware of. Humans uh-huh. think initially that they they just want to wipe them out. Right. But that's not what the Cylons are coming for. Uh huh. They have another agenda. Now, what that agenda is, you have to watch the TV series. And how do humans deal with this? challenge you have to watch the tv series and there's also a link that comes up connect in connection to our episode on you know all these ancient artifacts right which is the humans discover a prophecy and also ancient artifacts of their ancestors Mm -hmm. who would still be for us in the future right but they would have built certain um structures on different planets mm-hmm. and so humans also have to go through this trail of breadcrumbs to figure out the answer and what the prophecy is and how to ensure that the prophecy takes place right so it's a fascinating fascinating tv show and not just this just the fact that humans have now uh, are on the run right in space their elected president is actually a school teacher mm-hmm. and she would be she was the only politician who survived that mm-hmm. so as a result they just make her the teacher and you know who this lady is the lead in dances with wolves oh sweet that's how you are connecting mary it, huh? mary mcdonald uh-huh. so she is she plays the president and she has her own challenges because now you have to set up an entire uh structure of law right of ethics of what a uh, diplomacy right you know it, it's such a fascinating tv show yeah. it is not perfect for sure yeah uh, it has its flaws like in the last season it goes downhill a little bit but still it is more worth than worth watch. watching this TV show and uh, the right order to get started with this is before the TV show itself started on HBO there were there was a two part mini series so you would want to watch that first and then start with the episode one of the TV why show. is there homework to even like watch no I'm just because if people watch it directly from the TV show right yeah, they miss out on that miniseries, which actually sets up the context. Oh, without which it's not as fun. So, guys, make sure you watch the miniseries first, and then you start watching the TV show. Mm-hmm. But it is one that you will not forget. It the, you learn so much about. I just have one more. The question. way we function as humans, and that's Battlestar Galactica. I have one question. Go ahead. Is the TV series as long as your recommendation? It's speech? much longer. Okay, so it's. It's quite long. Quite long. Like a long, long. Long, like long. Like very long. Like light Six years seasons. long. Six seasons. Each episode is about a, an hour long. And how old is this, did you say? Started in 2003. Okay. So, is it still running or? No, it stopped. It, st- yeah. it stopped running. Stopped. Because you took over the narration or something. No, they they just wanted me to end my narration at some point of time. So, they stopped. Oh, 
it's for the greater good then. for the greater good of humanity fantastic battle star galactica yo uh, a six part a six season tv series epic epic tv series or is it a six season epic it is a six season epic tv show that goes TV into show. yeah so many philosophies so many interesting fascinating things and also the mental problems that bogus has today the reason for them so great guys that's the parcel section for this episode kachosa what did he say kachotsa no let's not do that <laughs> okay cool so that's for our episode about human history where we went wrong where we went right and what all things happened and uh, how much of forgetfulness we have as a species bogus what does your ending notes for this five gap subscribe and share never forget to share and share <laughs>